Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome back to part three of American Nightmare. To another episode of Katie and Lindsay yelling about terrible police work. (laughs) (laughs) We're here. Yes. Honestly, if you made it to part three, then that probably means you are at least to some extent enjoying this. So if that's the case, please let us know. I forgot to say this in part two. We want to know what the vibe is. Are you guys liking this? this? Should we make more? Should we make a whole true crime podcast? And if we do, what other shows would you want us to cover? Yeah, I'll take recommendations. I've been seeing there's a new documentary out on Netflix, but I've been avoiding watching it because I'm like, if we're going to cover it, I want to make sure I take notes. Yeah. And I want to not have to rewatch episodes. Yeah. Like, you know I what I mean? It, like, I, I want, want it to be my of... first initial genuine reaction. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll mm-hmm. definitely be fun. So, yeah, let us know. If you want us to make this a whole podcast, if you would continue listening, if we did make it a whole podcast, and what documentaries would you want us to cover? Do you guys want to keep hanging out with us? Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> Alrighty. With that said, let's get into part three, The Others. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So reminder, we left off on a 911 call about a break-in in Dublin, California. Mm-hmm. And this is where we learned there were multiple people with a laser who broke in and the wife is like on the phone with 911 while all this is happening the husband fights the guy off and they leave like the kidnappers leave they don't like his daughter's fine she's there yeah dad saves the day presumably because he's like beaten up a little bit but yeah so the cops come they find zip ties and duct tape outside Hmm, seems familiar yeah and they're The daughter, the daughter was 22 years old, by the way. Like, at first I was thinking it was, like, a little girl. Yeah, so was I. They don't reveal that right away either. So, like, you kind of do think it's a kid. But she's a full-blown adult. The daughter tells the cop that there's a phone on the counter. Like, the dude left his phone behind. To (laughs) which I was like, um, how bad are you at kid? Like, why did you even bring your phone (laughs) into the house? Never mind. Take it out of your pocket and put it on the counter. What are you doing, bro? This is another thing that just simply doesn't make sense because presumably it's the same perpetrator, you know? Uh, We'll get into that, obviously. But for all of the details that he researched about Denise, you're just going to go and, oops, left my phone behind. My bad. (laughs) What? It's always the stupidest ways that they're caught, though. That's the I know. Thing. It's and always... I love it. Mm-hmm. It's I. It's my favorite thing. I love when people get caught. Did you? Uh, I forget what case this was. It might be Israel Keys. It's like this guy who's literally a serial killer and committed like a ton of murders and kept getting away with them and like running from the cops. Gets pulled over for like not stopping at a stop sign. And that's how they find him because he has to show them their license and they like, he's in the system. They know he's like wanted. I was like, literally, how dumb are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's. Don't commit traffic violations if you're running from the law. Unfucking believable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, also, stop testing your luck, idiots. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so here we meet Lieutenant Miguel Campos of the Dublin Police Department. Mm-hmm. Um, and he discovers that the phone belongs to a man named Matthew Muller. Yeah. And but they go about it in the silliest, w- well, not they. He gets caught in the silliest way because yes. they freaking call his mom. So they find out who the yeah. cell phone belongs to. The subscriber is his mother. They call the mother and they're like, hey, do you know who's like using this number? She's like, oh, it's my son, Matthew. Yeah. And the they're mom like, great, just fully rats sick. it out. Yeah. Like doesn't. But they also don't tell her that 
he's like wanted for a crime or anything. Yeah. It's like, great. We just want to get the phone back to him. Can you tell us where we can find him? And she's like, oh, he's got a house in South Lake Tahoe. He's probably up there now. And they're like, thank you, ma'am. Yep. Love you. Bye. Yeah. And they just like hang up the phone thank and go. You to Mama Muller for fully ratting out her son. Fucking send it. But we also learn when they look into him that this man is a former Marine. Mm-hmm. Remember, Denise said that the her he kidnapper was in the military. told her he was in the military. He's a Harvard Law graduate, mm. which, remember, the kidnappers who emailed college uh, grads were college grads. And he's been a suspect in some sexual batteries and attempted rape cases. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Next, we meet Sergeant Misty Caruso. Where's my air horn? I I'm obsessed with her. Love this woman. She's the hero we've been waiting for, yeah, ladies and you gentlemen. You guys get, like, she Where's the air horn? Saves the fucking day. And this is her first, she tells us this is her first case as a detective. Literally, yeah. I wrote that down. I was like, bro, her first yeah. case. Her first case as a detective. And, and she does the most. Does the fucking work. Like, uh, Say I it again. Say it again. Say it again. It was her first case yeah, as yeah. a detective. And Matt fucking Mustard can't fucking be bothered. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying. So they're off to find this guy in South Lake Tahoe. We see the police body cam footage of them, like, going up to this cabin. Serving the the door door down. Yeah. Yep. They're, like, clearing each room. And then Matt is there. They find him and they cuff him and they arrest him. And Misty also, I don't know why she, like, took a picture of him. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. She just tells him point blank, like, as he's getting yeah. to the police car, like, I'm going to take your photo. And I don't know if that's standard procedure or not, but he doesn't have any emotions. He doesn't have any words. He just kind of, like, takes it and yeah. runs, like. And if you haven't watched it and you're needing a visual, he literally just looks like every white guy. He literally <laughs> looks like the most average white man on the planet. Like, there's yeah. nothing, nothing that stands out, nothing that's, like, I don't know. It's He's not I even off-putting. It's off- just, like, a regular white dude. Like, it's literally always just your average white guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's not like, you know, Ted Bundy, who they all thought he was handsome. I keep talking yeah, about no, him, but like, I'm not average looking. Yeah, so very mediocre. We also see pictures of the inside of this cabin and it literally was like ransacked. It's, also, okay, but okay, first of all, before we get into that, Misty tells us the cabin was a mess and it smelled stale. And yeah. I was like, so a man was living there. Got it. <laughs> like, And his windows were all boarded up. Remember that Denise yeah, talked yeah. about this, right? So we don't get there yet, but we do get there yet. So, But I also was like, I don't think it's that shocking that a place that a man was occupying smelled stale. That I want to go back to haunting. just for a minute. We didn't talk about this in episode two, but there's a moment where Denise or the reenactment, she talks about him like vacuuming and like oh, cleaning yeah. up the place. And then we see now the police cam or the like evidence photos from the dublin police department of this house and mm-hmm. it's just absolutely disgusting like i don't know if this is after the police have absolutely ransacked it or yeah. if it's like he's been living like a hoarder but to me it's a little bit of both because there's photos of the bathroom counter and there's gross just everything everywhere like we'll everywhere. get into that a little bit in a second but it's just like the man who was supposedly keeping his house really clean when denise was there or at least like making some kind of effort like what are you vacuuming my guy and then your house just looks like this yeah, so you're gonna vacuum a clear. cardboard box. You're gonna ma- vacuum a couch. Like, what are you? You're, no. you're gonna suck up so much shit in that vacuum. All I'm saying is, this man literally makes no sense. Yeah, it was weird. It also wasn't clear whether the pictures were like again after the police had like searched the place mm-hmm. or like. So I don't know if it was just like that. And if it was, then like, why was he just completely overturning his own like cabin? Like, I don't really understand. Okay, we see this shot of an unmade bed. 
with a bottle of lotion and used paper towels and like the literal empty like cardboard what's it called like the center of the paper towel roll oh yeah after it's empty i was like i didn't need to see that <laughs> i really yeah. could have gone without seeing that visual they really just make it like the emphasis on how is how gross his place is yeah they find zip ties mm -hmm. duct tape toy guns that are painted to like look more real i guess mm. one with a laser attached to it hmm. wow shocking and in the bathroom they find a bottle of nyquil and a syringe mm -hmm. those all are sounding very familiar um yeah like but you this said, is the dublin police remember yeah and they don't know about the yeah, Vallejo correct case, they so. have currently no idea they're executing this search warrant on a crime for a robbery and attempted attack, yeah. I guess, of that family. So the they obviously, you know, the police are getting, like, weird vibes. They're like, something more is going on than just, like, an attempted robbery. They also find a hmm. stolen vehicle. Guess what kind? It's the Mustang! It is a white Mustang. And on, like, in the you car gps it has a bunch of different addresses that presumably this person recently went to and one is huntington beach mm -hmm. so misty our hero our our favorite human is like what the fuck is up with this but they find his id inside and they open up the trunk of the mustang and there's a blow-up doll oh my god no but lieutenant lieutenant campos goes in the trunk we see what looks like a torso. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Oh my God. <laughs> Come like, again. Is there a body in the trunk? Like, has no, he done more? It's a blow up it's doll. It's a literal blow up doll. That we need to talk about for 10 minutes because literally, what the fuck was up with that doll? Okay, but literally, last episode, you were like, where, like, we don't ever find out about these multiple people. This is the first part of what I wanted to talk about is that he literally made bought purchased blow-up dolls dressed them up in black clothes and put fake faces on them so that he presented as multiple people i don't Is know if that that's, what he was using it for that's what detective campo seems to, like surmises he literally says God. it's evident that you would want, he, like the intent is for this to be mistaken as a person yeah that's the was, like, first part of what black. i want to talk about yeah, it is. It's literally dressed up in like the same quote unquote scuba suit, like dark clothes. Yeah. It has like the picture has like a fake face on it. Oh my god, it. it's, it's so fuck. You guys have to, if you haven't just, actually seen this, if you don't, look it up if you watch nothing else, it's go find this weird little section of part three and just go see it because it's so fucking creepy. It's so creepy looking. But yeah, he had like put a mask on it. To, I guess so make that it, it would look, look like a person more human like but the mask doesn't look like a human at all <laughs> like, no, but in the dark it looks like kind of a face and i you know you're gonna mistake yeah that in the dark something. yes but i'm like this is this mask is it's terrifying. fucking silly as shit when you see it in the daylight like it's yeah. creepy as all get out but yeah it's so it's so creepy so what the fuck like what he used this for i don't know if he because like how would he have i know i don't know like i, I know, know there like, were genuinely multiple people involved because, yes like, correct denise heard them all talking and like right also but my point is like there's instances there where he's person. used like when i first hear about this at this point i'm like oh what if he set them up like in aaron and denise's room before he yeah. wakes them up to so make, make it look thing. like there's multiple people because he leaves their house by himself yeah there's no zero conversation about anybody else being in the house they just think that there's multiple people is it because they like wake up and they see three bodies three figures in the night you know, like there's no other conversation about that so that's why i was like yeah does this weirdo just like pick up a couple of blow-up dolls from the market and like set them up like here and here and he's just like 
wake up kids like what again why like why do you want like that's so much effort like these are the details i'm like why are you thinking of this and then you leave your fucking phone behind like what uh, what are your priorities i don't really want to know but like what are you thinking yeah yeah criminal mastermind genius like that i don't i don't i don't get it but there's more they find more they find more so yeah so they find more they also find the nylon belt in which they find the blackout swim goggles and and a single strand of blonde hair yeah attached to the swim goggles attached to the duct tape that was on the swim goggles to black them out I literally just wrote, I'm screaming. <laughs> I literally did. I yelled. I screamed at the television when this happened. I was like, are you fucking serious? But still, we're trapped in the whole Dublin police, not Vallejo police, not the same crime right now. Help. Yeah. So they don't know about Denise. They don't know who this hair belongs to. But zero clue. Have no hair. fear because Misty will. Sergeant Misty is fly. here. <laughs> yeah. She's determined to find who the hair belongs to. So. We cut to Denise and Aaron, who are now sitting together. I was like, oh, my God, are they together still? Yeah. Like, what is happening? We see Aaron and Denise together sitting on the couch. But they don't, like, say that they're still together at this point. Like, they're just... No, but I'm a little bit excited about it. But at least they're sitting next to each other. Like, that, to me, means that they're, like, their relationship is was able to continue and i'm excited i mean apprehensive cautiously optimistic yes so they're yeah talking, we, do, we still don't know if they're together they're talking about how they're basically getting cyber bullied because everyone still thinks they're liars like they're essentially having to just hide out at their parents house and like they can't go back to work mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like waiting to see if they're actually going to be prosecuted but for like lying to the fbi mm-hmm. months have gone by and nothing has happened. The police are still not pursuing their kidnappers because they don't think they exist. You guys, pull over, put your seatbelts on, sit, sit down, down. <laughs> pull up a seat. Whatever you're doing, put Pour down. yourself a stiff drink. If you're holding any sharp instruments, put them down. <laughs> we find out that David Sesma, the FBI agent on their case, used to date Andrea, Aaron's ex. We're back with another round of what the fuck about Andrea? <laughs> I, this is the fifth time I have asked this question. <laughs> At best. Maybe it's the tenth. What the fuck about Andrea? I'm screaming and shaking my iPad, you guys. I am. They used like, to date. All of my flabbers are gasted. I don't even have any to be gassed. <laughs> At this point, they're gone. <laughs> like, he used to date Andrea. I'm sorry. Come again. Immediately cut to Doug Rappaport, my second favorite human in this entire yeah. series. Denise's lawyer, as a reminder, he is talking about how David Sesma should not be involved in this case. Yeah, it, like it, at the fleet violation, least. it's a conflict of interest. So he goes and he writes an email to the inspector general's office and says, what the fuck is happening here? This is gross misconduct. They simply are like, yeah. and I quote, the appropriate authorities found his conduct unproblematic. <laughs> I'm dropping the mic. You guys. Yeah. What the fuck? What do you mean unproblematic? I. What do you mean? The actually rage. have no words, but I was like. Okay, at the very least, it's a conflict of interest. Yeah. But at most, I was like, is he involved somehow? Because yeah, immediately I'm like, this is David Sesma and Andrea doing a crime. What the too. fuck are the odds yeah. that the lead FBI agent used to date Andrea, who this kidnapping was supposedly intended for? Mm, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, 
piece. We're going to just breeze by that as if it's not the most insane piece of information that you just dropped. What do you mean by that? Like, I'm convinced that he is the purchaser of the black market kidnapping gang. That's what I'm saying. I'm convinced at this point. I'm full, full send. Because he's in on this. He's fully going along with Matt Mustard's insane theory that they're lying because of the movie Gone Girl. He probably got such an out. Like, I'm thinking about this completely hypothetically right now. But imagine, imagine if he decides that he's going to orchestrate this kidnapping. And then the lead detective on the case is like, this is too similar to this Hollywood movie. This has to be fake. And he's just like, right. Completely dodged a bullet. Like, are you joking? I'm like, he's actively not pursuing the kidnappers. So, like, is this all just a massive cover-up? Is this have been feeling so paranoid. And now they realize, like, this could be personal. This whole thing is, like, another aha moment for them. But it's like, wow, we, again, are valid in our claims that we're not fucking paranoid. We're not. Because all of the questions that I've had of, like, who the fuck would want it out for Andrea or Aaron? Like, why? Yeah, what do they do? would be wanting to get money out of? Like, this This would explain all of that. Mm -hmm. And we just breeze right by it as if he should not be currently looked at as a person of interest. Like, what the fuck? Correct. Probably. Probably something behind there that just forgotten. But, you know. Yeah. So they just, like, literally drop that bomb on us and then we just move on. And I'm like, no, we need to circle back to that immediately. Mm. But we don't. Um, so back to Misty, she's trying to figure out who the blonde hair belongs to. And she discovers when she's looking into Matt Muller that he was a suspect in a sexual assault case in Palo Alto, California in Mm -hmm. 2009. It was a 32-year-old woman woken up in the middle of the night. The man ties her up and forces her to drink NyQuil, puts tape over her eyes, and tells her he's going to rape her. But she tells him that she had been raped before, and this actually stops him. He says he doesn't want to victimize her again, and he leaves. Yeah, she's, like, pleading with him and doing all the things to, like, avoid being attacked, and he's just like, yeah, okay, I won't, and just goes. Like, he simply changes his mind. Okay, so he's a considerate rapist? Like, what? He only wants to traumatize people a little bit? Like, if this was her he, first he, rape? he only wants to be the first one to traumatize yeah. them, not reiterate that trauma? Like, I'm like, what is your play here? Again, dear? I have questions, what the fuck, but also, so does everybody. Like, I don't think we ever get the answers we want yeah. about the criminal mastermind. So, Muller was a person of interest, but there was no DNA or any evidence to actually link him to the crime, and so the case is still open. Mm-hmm. But there's no mention of, like, him using goggles. And so Misty knows this is not her victim and she has to keep looking. Like, obviously, she But the cares. only reason that Mueller is a suspect in that case is because three weeks prior to this attack in 2009, he was seen jumping out of the bushes in a nearby apartment. Yeah, complex. yeah, yeah. Like, and the police are just like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. What are you doing in the bushes? And he's like, bad things. <sighs> anyway. So then we also just kind of learn, like, Misty's telling us why she wanted to become a police officer. Yeah, we get a little background on her. And it's because her friend was the victim of a sexual assault, and she wanted to, like, be the voice for these victims and prosecute the offenders. And I love her so much. Yeah. She's everything I would hope that any and every police officer can be, yeah. if I'm honest. Like, like if she I, is the epitome of the best police work, the best police officers. If I go missing, call Misty yep. immediately. Then she finds another case also from 2009 in Mountain View, which is just eight miles from Palo Alto. And we meet Tracy. Like, she's here with us to camera. Yes. The victim of this crime telling us what happened to her. Cut to our newest victim. Yep. 
she tells us that one night she woke up around 5 a.m. to a man in her room on top of her. She starts screaming and he says her name. Yeah. Again, I give the whole like, is he doing research about his victims? Like he knows her name. He's either like broken into her house and gone through her stuff or he's chosen her to be his intended target because he's like, Tracy, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Like trying to calm her down as he's sitting on her chest. Yeah. Like what? Excuse me, sir. Move. Yeah, so he restrained her with zip ties. He made her drink some sort of sedative, and he put blacked-out swim goggles over her eyes. So we see the progression of his crimes. We are literally seeing him figuring out his process in these stories and in these victims that we're meeting. And then he says to her, I have some bad news. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to rape you, which is like, why? You actually don't have to do that. You literally could just not. Like, what do you mean you have to? And Tracy panics. She begs for her life. She begs him not to. She starts bargaining with him like, you you don't have to do this kind of thing. And again, he's just like, I can't. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm not going to do this. Like, I, this, this is going to mess you up for a really long time. He literally says that to her. Yeah. And then the audacity of man strikes him right in the forehead because he's like, you should consider getting a dog. Like, he starts giving her yeah. crime prevention advice. Like, so this doesn't happen again. Get yourself a dog. Like, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I want to hit him with a frying pan. I'm so mad. Like, the audacity of man. I don't understand what his... Like, you're the fucking problem. Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. I I just don't get what his, like, motivation is for these crimes. Because if it's not... Like, you would think think it's sexually motivated, but then he doesn't go through with it because he feels bad. Like, what is that? At this point, I'm convinced that it's mental illness. I'm convinced that he's, like, got this, like, I don't know. I don't even know if this is even the right way to describe it, but just go with me. He's got, like, this insatiable need to, like, commit a crime. And then his conscience comes back and he like it's almost yeah. like schizophrenia when you like start to hear the voices that tell you what to do i don't know what it's like to have schizophrenia but i have friends that do and like those voices are just overpowering to you and yeah. you kind of can't see past them it's like that's what i imagine that this is like he's he can't fight past these voices and then he starts to come back to reality and he's like yeah i probably shouldn't do this like maybe maybe not yeah it's it's not an excuse and it's not the same but it's like just i so can't bizarre. rationalize it any other way because i've just never heard of anything like this before it's just it's so bizarre the way that he constantly is like changing his mind is bizarre so shocker the police don't believe her when tracy is calling the police and telling them what happened to her and then they try to gaslight her and say that she made it up yeah they were like is it just a dream because at the time tracy is in a relationship she's living alone Mm -hmm. so they go to the boyfriend and they're like does she make things up like does she is she an attention seeker? And she's like, guys, I have bruises. Like, I have <laughs> yeah. scratch marks on my body. Like, I did not make this up. And they're just like, probably you did, though. Probably it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but Tracy does not look like Denise. Yeah, Tracy, Tracy is not blonde. Have, Tracy has long brown hair. So, again, she's not, you know. Sergeant good. Misty has to keep looking for the woman who yeah. belongs to the long blonde hair. So now we're back with Denise and Aaron. And Denise is talking about the first time that she was assaulted when she was 12 and it's just like fucking awful right um and she blamed herself and she was ashamed and she felt guilty for not coming forward because that same person assaulted somebody else Mm -hmm. after he assaulted her so then at 19 it happened again she was assaulted not by the same person and she wanted to report it because of the guilt she felt from not reporting it the first time when she was 12 Mm mm-hmm And the police officer essentially talks her out of it because it's a he said, she said, there's not going to be any proof. And so it's not worth you, like, pressing charges and pursuing anything. (sighs) 
cut to 2015 when she's kidnapped when her literal body she says these words her literal body is taken in the night yeah and the police are still like probably not though probably it didn't happen like are you serious the female rage that this triggered in me why do we have to die for us to be believed why do we literally have to lose our lives before somebody is like there was a crime like yeah there's just there's so many she was an innocent victim when the police thought that she was dead yeah erin was guilty she thought like this was a crime this was like a poor denise situation and now she's alive and they're like eh you're probably guilty you probably did something bad the amount of sexual assault cases that go unreported for this very reason like it's a he said she said it's your word against his like there's not going to be there's going to be little to no evidence you're likely not going to win in court is why so many people don't press charges and why so many people get away with this and then it's like it's not worth re-traumatizing yourself and and having to testify in court if you know that the odds are against you and you're not going to win like you might as well just like try to let it go and move on but then when you do come forward you're just told that you're lying and you made it up it didn't happen or why didn't you come forward sooner like you should have come forward sooner like this is why people don't come forward or they don't come forward right away because they're not going to be fucking believed because you guys don't you don't believe women so why would we come forward and then it's like they do come forward and they're just like gaslight into like and being told that they're lying and it didn't happen and no one's gonna believe them like uh rage that i feel is unmatched yeah it's like this is so fucked up yeah god forbid you survive something horrific and then you live to talk about it and then it's like the police are just actually you're probably lying about it yeah what so i'm enraged this is not news i've been enraged for like two hours at this point um yeah back to misty she's not giving up on finding who this blonde she's relentless this woman's dedication is absolutely unmatched i'm obsessed with the fact that she does not give up misty is single-handedly doing more work than the entire vallejo police department at some point she literally refers to herself as the annoying ex-girlfriend that won't go away because she is so (laughs) relentless in her pursuit of this information as she should be and yes this is this is good police work yeah guys like this is how crimes are solved so now there's the girl who doesn't actually know how to solve crime because she's not a police officer but like this is this is how you do it yeah obviously carry on so she is looking into the white mustang and she contacts the owner and tells so I don't think we said this. The white Mustang was a stolen car. It doesn't belong to Matt Muller. Correct. So we they find that. the owner and they she calls him and tells him about how the car was involved in the home invasion. And he says to her, have you heard of the Mare Island Creeper? This person who the car was stolen from lives on Mare Island. Yeah. And he's a fucking civilian, you guys. I just want to point it out that Sergeant Misty is getting information. Yeah. Not from other local police departments whom she's tried to contact, but from civilians. Yeah. Who are like, hey, have you heard of this case? Yeah. She had not before this. Mayor Island is next to Vallejo. And in 2014, a bunch of students, I don't know why there's a lot. I'm assuming there's a college around. Like, It must be like a college town or it's like a bridge ride across from Vallejo. So it's close. I don't know. It's in that area. But yeah. A bunch of students who live in that area were being harassed by a peeping Tom. And let's all collectively gasp in shock. The cops were not doing anything about it. (laughs) So the students decide to to take matters into their own hands, which this is kind of insane. Probably don't do this ever. But a few students follow the guy home (laughs) and they find out that he's ex-military and a lawyer. 
And he also lives on Mare Island. Yes. Yeah. Peeping Tom is like their neighbor. Which also when they were like a couple students follow him home, I was like, let's be real. They were women like they were 100 percent women, because if you need something done, just find a woman with Internet access and she'll figure yeah, out who but the like, fuck is doing this. Like, Pause for a minute, bitch. Are we brave enough to do that? Like, are you and me? Oh, no, I wouldn't like follow the guy home. But, but that's like, what I'm saying. It's like these are some ballsy ass women. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I would need to bring like Kelvin or something. And he would be like, no, we're not doing this. We're not getting <laughs> yeah. we're not getting involved in this. And like, all right, I respect that. But also some fuckers looking in my windows, dude. Like, I know. E- pause. Everybody get yourself some fucking curtains. Close that shit. Oh, my fucking God. put your blinds down. Stop living your life. This is such a soapbox but like stop living your life in a fishbowl i walk around my neighborhood and i walk my dog every night yeah and i can see into all of your houses like i'm not looking into your houses but like why are you letting people look into your houses no that get some fucking curtains like never would i ever you will never know what's going on inside my house when the sun goes down and i'm not saying that to be creepy i realize that sounds a little bit weird but like we have blackout curtains because i the sun will wake me up in the morning like i don't want that get yourself some freaking curtains no brendan like doesn't understand that because we live in the woods and like there's no one around us, but also when it's still nighttime, close enough to the woods, I don't care. The wood, no deers are looking at my booty. <laughs> I'm not having it. Like I don't care if I'm on the second floor. Still, this no. man will literally be like about to take a shower, butt ass naked. Our blinds are wide open. I'm like, sir, why are you not? You have the neighbors. There's a chance yeah. they could be outside. He's like, no one's outside. I'm like, exactly. How do you know that? Because if you look outside right now, it's pitch black and you can't see fucking anything. But everyone can see you. Because our lights are on and our shades are not down. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he doesn't mm-hmm. think it's a big deal. And it it makes me so insane. That is uh, <laughs> two sides of the fucking spectrum. That is the epitome of what it means to be a man in the world and what yeah. it means to be a woman in the world. No, and literally. Like, I, no. Mm-mm. I don't like it. Sorry. Yeah. I don't like it. The way that, like, women just have to think about, we have to oh my God, always I- be thinking about, like, could this be a potentially dangerous situation? Just literally existing in our homes Kelvin literally had an aha moment like that. And I can't think of the exact context of what it was now. But recently, we were watching probably a true crime or something, even though he said he wouldn't watch them with me. He does. Uh, And something happened where he was like, that's the most ridiculous logic. And I paused it and I was like, no, dude, that's my logic every single day of my life. Like, that is what it means to be a woman. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was something to that effect. Like, I need to make sure that the windows are closed or I need to like, I always pay attention to who's, I think it was like driving in the car and somebody was following like the person. I was like, I am always aware of who is at least three cars behind me and Mm -hmm. I am always ready to go not home. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding when I say like, that's just the world that we live in. And I am completely prepared to protect myself at all times. Oh, yeah. Like that is not a thought that crosses this man's mind sometimes. And that's fine because you're a dude. But like, God damn it. I want to live in that world. Yeah, I'm 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 done. I'm off my soapbox. Get yourself some curtains. Oh, my God. I want the freedom. The, I want the audacity of man. Yeah. Bottle that shit up and give it to me. So, again, these people, they followed this man home who was looking in their windows. They know who he is. They know where he lives. And the cops still just simply do nothing mm. because apparently the cops in this area are like, what are you what are you doing? That you're too busy to look into this peeping Tom where the civilians did your job for you and found the guy and hand delivered him to you. And you're still just like, nah, we don't have time for that. Like, literally, what else are you doing? <laughs> like, like, and Misty, Sergeant Misty even says this exact phrase. She's like, how could the police have not followed up on this guy? Yeah. Like, they had leads. Exactly. And the investigation simply stopped. Yeah. So then this man who the owner of the Mustang, who is telling all of this to Misty, also tells her that in March of 2015, which is when Denise 
was kidnapped, the Mare Island Creeper cases stop. Huh. And he How says, about them apples? He says they stop right around the time of the Gone Girl case. And again, Misty does not know yeah. what that case is, presumably because she's not in tune with the media, like because she's probably working all the time as a police officer, yeah. but also because <laughs> the police aren't speaking with their sister agencies. Yeah, no. Nobody else knows what the fuck is going on between these police officers, like p- police stations. So Misty does some Googling and... She finds a picture of Denise, who obviously has long blonde hair. And so she immediately knows, like, Denise isn't lying. This case wasn't a hoax. And she is here to do the fucking work. Oh, my God. I love her so much. So this is also infuriating. She calls the Vallejo Police Department and they don't answer. Oh, my God. And there's just, like, reenactments of her sitting yeah. there and like she's Calling driving over and over again to work she's driving like doing her laundry she's like at the grocery store she's like literally spending 24 hours a day when she is awake and conscious calling the vallejo police department only for them to simply not pick I up i was the like phone. what are you so even the person in charge of answering the phones there doesn't like zero percent of those people are doing anything like is there anyone at the vallejo police department that even goes to work like is there a single person even there because why aren't you answering the phone it's not i have to imagine that it comes up like do you know when other police agencies are calling you like does she have an in or is she simply calling like i but never they speak know this, but i'm thinking like as a civilian i'm calling like the local police station like is yeah. she also using that line or is there like a sneaky way to get in that like either way it's she's getting ignored that you're not answering the phone because if it's the same line that a civilian who needs help would be calling then Fuck th- but it's not 911 so no, i know i know it's not 911 but it's but like still like nobody's out here yeah help if you're anybody. not answering and you think it's a civilian that's terrible like if you know it's another police department because they have some sort of special phone line or something and you're not answering that is maybe even worse like either way why are you not answering the phone? This is like number 69 on the list of things that they've done completely mm-hmm. wrong or just completely fucked up and botched. Yeah. Fucking so bullet. eventually yeah, right. she somehow finally gets through to a detective and they tell her to call the FBI because the FBI is handling the case now. Um, so she calls and she works all that like hard work of calling the police endlessly to get a fat fucking nothing. Yeah. Well, they, it's I not mean, she's really not done nothing because but, they do set up a meeting with the FBI. I know, but she just like, they're just the, but yeah, they basically just, just dismiss it. Off. They're like, mm, it's, with, it's with the FBI now. Like, we, yeah. we don't really need to talk about this. Why? We like, don't want to do our jobs. Why don't you call the FBI? So they set up a meeting with the FBI to go over all the evidence they found. Bring back Lieutenant Campo. Yes. And they show them the painted water gun with the laser, which was the exact same gun, remind you, that the kidnappers had sent in the picture in the email they Mm -hmm. sent to Henry Lee. And this is when the FBI realizes they fucked up and now they have to actually do their jobs. Yeah. Like at this point, I'm screaming while watching this because I'm like, you guys had so much energy to say it was a fucking hoax. Yeah. Like you had so much thought and belief behind the fact that you're like, this is made up. This is fraud. This is a hoax. And now another police agency is coming to you. A second police department is coming to you saying, hey, so uh, we have evidence of a crime that is exactly the same as the one you were just investigating. Mm -hmm. Eat your fucking shoes, (laughs) FBI. Eat your fucking shoes. You fucked up so bad. God. Yeah. So the U.S. attorney calls Aaron's lawyer to tell him that they have Matt Mueller in custody and there's evidence linking him to Denise's kidnapping. The news breaks that there's been an arrest in Denise's case and the media goes wild. Cut to our favorite reporter, Henry Lee. Yeah. Well, before that, actually, it might not be before that, but 
we also hear from Denise because she saw the like they have actual video footage oh Matt yes. Muller mm-hmm. that they put on the news it was just like random footage from like when he was a lawyer or something but she sees that and she said that she immediately recognized his voice yeah which must have been like the most traumatizing fucking thing like yeah. out of all af- after all of that it just like it goes up my spine it just it so bothers me so much like i can't imagine like the nails on the chalkboard the yeah. absolute just they also just quickly they don't even talk about this i don't think they just kind of flash it on the screen muller was disbarred for lying to a client and fraudulently charging a client as oh a i didn't know why he was disbarred i just knew that he was disbarred yeah they just yeah. like pop that off that there's been an arrest and that it's this guy so then, like prior to his weirdoisms, he was working as an immigrant lawyer. Yeah, he was disbarred, and supposedly he has also told detectives that he suffers from Gulf War illness and is bipolar. Yes. So we're getting a glimpse into the mechanisms of his psycho killer brain. Mm-hmm. So okay, again, buckle up, take a seat, pull over. This is where the affidavit gets released, and the affidavit is what details, like, every step of the investigation. And it shows that, basically, the police didn't do their jobs at all, which is a shock to literally nobody. But we learn a few things here. The first thing we learn, remember that polygraph that Aaron took in episode one that the FBI agent had said he undeniably failed? That test was inconclusive, so Aaron didn't fail it. They simply did had it came back with unknown results because it's a polygraph and it's unreliable <laughs> like that happens very often. So that was just a blatant lie that the FBI told Aaron to try to break him down and say that he had failed. Friendly reminder, the police and the FBI can and will absolutely lie to your fucking face. Yes. Just so you know, just just so you know. Yes. Also, this sent me into oblivion um aaron had told the police when he was initially being interrogated like right when they took him in to ask him about the whole situation he told them the kidnappers are going to contact my phone right because remember they were trying to get a ransom out of him yeah so they were emailing him and they were gonna supposedly call him because you know they were gonna collect the money Right. In some form or another. And so naturally, the police tapped his phone to make sure that they could trace any incoming calls. Just kidding. They put his phone on fucking airplane mode. It's not funny. It's not what? Funny. What was the reason? Like, literally, I need somebody to explain this to me. Why? Like, if you're going to just leave the phone and not believe him, that's one thing. Why did you put it on airplane mode? Like, why would you stop the ability from anyone being able to contact him? Yeah, he's not under arrest. Like, he's there as a victim of a crime. And I, we're like, this is absolutely unbelievable. You're guilty. We're done with your phone contact. Like, I'm... Because at this point, I'm assuming this was, like, right when they just took him in and started yeah. asking questions. Well, like, yeah. at this point, they I don't even think... They did this within, like, hours of him going to the police station because they don't turn the phone on until like for like 36 hours it's until the next evening yeah the next day when they do turn the phone back on they discover that two calls had come in two traceable calls yeah had come into aaron's phone and if they had traced those calls it would have led them to the cabin where denise was being held within 200 meters and you know what if they traced those calls, they could have probably prevented the second rape yeah. of Denise. Like, genuinely, that's the conclusion. Like, it is said 
on camera, they probably could have prevented the second attack. And this, but they still want to say that Aaron is guilty and yeah. that it's a fucking hoax. But, 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 but that's not all that the affidavit has to say. Yeah. That's not all of it. Oh, yeah. There's still more that the police did nothing with the fucking SART exam. Oh, yeah. It talks about how there's no physical evidence of non consensual sex. Yeah. And basically, that means that there's no evidence that Denise was attacked. But if we recall from episode two, there was. And she literally says, like, that, like, rapes do not have to be physically damaging for it to still have happened. Like, she is actively trying to save her own life. So she's not fighting back. Yeah. She's kind of just, like, disassociating and hoping that it ends quickly. So there is no evidence of a crime having happened to her and which the police are like, eh, nothing happened. But it you did probably, you, you probably just had sex is what happened. Yeah, like, it confirmed you, you probably there was just sexual had, intercourse. Right, but that's it. But it wasn't like... Like, she's... Yeah. She's literally not trying to not die in this instance and they're like, you probably just had sex. It's fine. Like, it's it's fine. Yeah. Like, the FBI should know better. Somebody should know better that, like, there's not always, like, damage to the human body in this. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Again. whatever. That sent me into the fucking wind. That sent me right through the roof of my house. There's a huge hole now, you guys, because I leaped into outer space because I was so fucking violently annoyed. Again, this is why we should have women in charge, because if there was a woman... She would have been like, yeah, but that doesn't mean there a rape didn't occur. Like, they wouldn't have just dismissed it. I'm literally fucking fuming. Like, also, the gaslighting continues because now, uh, all of a sudden, for literally no reason at all, the FBI has just decided that Mueller acted alone and therefore they're not going to look for anyone else. Like, yeah. based on what? So, let's refresh and remember that Mueller and his quote-unquote associates... Like, there were voices Denise heard talking to one another in yeah. his home while she was kidnapped. They also, we're going to neglect that information. Fine. Like, maybe Denise is not remembering correctly. Maybe Matthew Muller is on the phone with some... Whatever. It doesn't matter, right? They also, Even though she hears people walking to and from the house, getting in a car and driving away. It's fine. We're just going to... Uh, I'm hypo- hypothesizing here. He then emails a reporter and says, yeah. we are a group of associates who have college degrees like he uses the phrase we in the initial he says there's three yes but in the initial home invasion he also refers to himself themselves as we like there have been multiple instances where it has been established by Mueller that he is a group of at least three persons and corroborated by aaron and denise and even in at least one of the other yes and even in the dublin california case they're like yeah they they went running so, and so the FBI has simply decided that it's one human. Yeah, they just like were based like, on nah. what? Again. I'm like, it might it must be nice to have a job where you can just decide something didn't happen, so you don't have to work on it. It was like they literally just didn't want to have to look into it, so they were just like, nah. As far as I'm concerned, the FBI in this particular case can eat my shoe because, <laughs> like, how can you be sure of fucking anything? You were so sure that yeah. Aaron killed Denise. Oop, she turned up alive. You were um then so sure that Denise's kidnapping was a hoax. Oop. Wrong again. You dismissed the fact that a crime even happened. Wrong a third time. Still, you're like, oh, no, we got it this time. We got, we got it, we got it cracked. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
it's just as if they were just like, you know what, you guys, it's Friday. It's five o'clock. I really just want to wrap this up. Let's just decide Let's there was only one go person. Go get a beer. So that we can just like go one, to the bar and call person. it a day. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? Yeah. That's like me one telling person. one of my social media management clients like that I've just decided that DM that they got doesn't exist because I don't feel like responding to it. Like, I think I'm only going to manage exactly one of your social medias yeah. instead of the three that you've contracted me for. Like, I, like no, no, no. Those I'm just actually like the one today. don't exist. So I'm just going to do this one. Like, what do you mean? You have to do your job. You can't just be like, no, that doesn't exist so that I don't have to investigate it because I don't want to. Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I can't imagine oh God. deciding not to do your job. And I don't even know if that's what they did here, but it really feels like it. But I, yeah. like, I'm thinking of it as a concept now, like in the working environment. Like, I can't imagine, even in my office, in my corporate job, like, I can't imagine simply deciding to not do my job. Well, that's grounds for being fired. Yeah. And yet this man is like fucking not. So Denise and Aaron kind of have their moment now where they get to like stand up in front of the media and prove that they were telling the truth. And I'm just like loving this for them. Misty is talking about it and getting emotional. And she says like, oh, that made me cry. Denise was not a liar. And how dare we as law enforcement ever say something like that? And she's like crying and I have chills and I'm just like, I love women. I love women so much. All hail Sergeant Misty Caruso. Like, are you fucking serious? She saved the fucking day. Leave it to a woman Literally. to do the best and the most and to solve the fucking case. It's oh like God. Velma from fucking Scooby-Doo. She's <laughs> yeah. the smartest one in the room all the time. Uh, I uh, I love her so much. God damn. Um, Okay, cut to March 2017, the sentencing of Matthew Muller. And Denise gets to make her victim impact statement, and she's emotional as she's talking about it. And she says, I took myself back that day, and I'm sobbing. And then we just see a bunch of on-screen text. Yeah, so Matthew Muller pleads guilty, and he's sentenced to 40 total years in prison for kidnap, rape, and robbery. Yeah. He is not charged with the attempted rapes in Palo Alto or in Mountain View or the Peeping Tom incidents is on Mare Island. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he's ever charged with the incident in Dublin either because they never say. Yeah. He also never revealed why Andrea was the intended target. So um, we we are just left, what the fuck about Andrea? Like, Yeah, so many questions. In 2016, Denise and Aaron sued the city of Vallejo for defamation, and they settled out of court for $2.5 million, mm-hmm. as they fucking should have, but they deserve so much more than that. All right, but when I was watching this, or actually, like, my mom, I convinced her to watch it, and she called me after, and she was like, $2.5 million in damages, like, for everything that they went through? Mm-hmm. That's not enough. Exactly. Like, that's fucking, like, that's fucking chump change. It's also like they don't really like did they even actually get that money like half the time when you settle on an no, amount you don't I have no idea they it. don't say they just like but that's like yeah I don't know that's just like that's uh but to me it's an insult to injury they brought because they brought a civil suit against the city of Vallejo we have video footage of the deposition of Andrew Bidu chief of the Vallejo police department and Aaron's lawyer tells us that an anonymous tip came in that before the press conference, remember the press conference from episode one where... My friend, um, Detective Kenny motherfucking Park, you guys, that yeah, guy. Where he called Aaron and Denise liars and said they wasted valuable time and resources. Literally, what time and resources? Again, um, you didn't actually do anything. So please give me the receipts yeah, tell of me what again resources were about wasted. what those resources were that you wasted. But sure, I'll wait. But this anonymous tip that I'm inclined to believe says that Andrew Bidu prior to that press conference, told Lieutenant Kenny Park to, quote, burn that bitch. (laughs) Lovely. 
Which gives context to all of the shit that Kenny Park then says, yeah. because it's like, all right, he's operating under the assumption that this is, in fact, a hoax. And his boss just told him yeah. to burn that bitch. So we get more on-screen text, literally, like, pull over Salt again. in the wounds. This made me want to throw my TV out. Lemons in your eyes. First of all, none of the police officers involved in the case were disciplined for literally royally fucking up this entire case not only that detective matt mustard our favorite police officer was awarded officer of the year in 2015 which is the year that this case occurred for fucking what my guys like i gotta know what it was it like the fact that he fucking quote-unquote solved this case because he sure as shit did not he in fact did the least and was the well, worst no, he didn't even solve it because by the time no of course he didn't solve it figuring it out it wasn't with vallejo pd anymore it was with the fbi what is he doing that he want he was awarded officer of the year like your track record like, is shit what a perfect example of how white men are rewarded for being mediocre at best. What a perfect like, example of the American justice system <laughs> fucking its citizens. This man in this particular instance could have cost Denise her life by not tracing the phone calls, not following up on leads, not believing Aaron. This man did cost Denise her life because he could have done something. Yeah. Uh, presumably it was him, but the entire Vallejo de Police Department could have done something about the Peeping Tom incidences in 2009 or whatever the fuck that was, yeah. long before the 2015 incident where Denise got kidnapped. This whole thing could have been avoided if the Vallejo Police Department had simply done their jobs and they actively did not. So this man royally fucks. But yeah, sure. Matt Mustard should get officer of the year. Yeah, and definitely. Gets, gets awarded officer of the year. Meanwhile, women have to go through literal hell to simply like be believed when they're assaulted. Love that. Loving that for us so much. Great time to be a woman. <sighs> world. So anyway, not all of my hope in humanity is lost because we're back to Misty. And at the end of 2017, Misty reached out to Denise and Aaron because she wanted to meet them and she's literally like to this day crying telling us about this mm. and you can just tell how much like this woman cares and I'm like literally where's her award like I hope that she is awarded officer of the year every year she's ever worked in her life because you guys reminder this was her first case as a detective and she literally ate and left no crumbs like Matt Mustard who this woman Matt Mustard deserves to rot in jail Misty Caruso deserves the to be Vallejo the fucking police? president. Like, are you joking? The Vallejo police should have given Misty Officer of the Year. And yes. she's not even in their police department, but she literally did all of their jobs for them. And like... And then some. So effortlessly. Like, flawlessly. No, no, it's flawless execution. But Matt Mustard is the one that gets Officer Incredible, of the Year. Incredible. Gorgeous. Immaculate. What are the No, literally. Names? All like, of them for Misty. Snaps oh. for Misty. <laughs> oh my God. This fucking... I can't. You're like, you... I can't believe that all of these things happen because it just seems like so outrageous. And yet, yeah, it did. I know. You guys, we then find out that Denise and Aaron got married. Yeah, we get to see wedding video footage. They are together together. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. Cut to after... The wedding footage, footage of Denise on the beach. Remember from like the very beginning, we had like this oh, yeah. beach video of them. We're cutting back to that. And there's a child running into her arms and I'm like screaming. I'm already screaming. But then enter Aaron holding up baby. They have two daughters. They have two beautiful daughters. I am crying. I'm sobbing. And Aaron says, if they grow up to be like their mom, they'll be okay. Yeah, you can like, this is when you genuinely get to see the love between Denise and Aaron and like, I'm literally sobbing. They have been able to move forward and have lives and have kids and 
I'm just so happy for that. I'm because, literally like, rooting for them shit. so hard. What a fucking journey. Like the emotion. I binged these episodes all at once the first time I watched this. And I was like, what the fuck emotional journey did I just go on? Yeah, like, I three did hours not ago? do that. And it was significantly easier to handle. I'm no, picturing I was... like three hours of my time just being on the emotional roller coaster that is these episodes. And it's like, like, remember three hours ago when we thought Aaron did it and we're fully about to come for his neck? Like, <laughs> what a time. And then an hour ago when I was fully about to come for Denise's neck for a minute because <laughs> yeah. I thought she'd gone girl herself with a fucking duffel bag. Like, <laughs> y'all, I thought she was walking up after a beach day with some sunglasses <laughs> and a duffel bag full of bikinis. Like, was I wrong or what? Fuck. Oh, God. But we still have so many unanswered questions. Like, what's with this guy? being like a rapist with a conscience like why what's with him knowing all the things about his victim too i gotta know he also didn't follow up on any of the threats he made like remember he threatened to release the video if denise went to the police and then like threatened to attack her family if she told them she was sexually assaulted and like proceeded to do none of that Mm. and like we never know about his other associates he never admits to having any but yeah i mean i should say he never admits to having any in court he just goes down for the crimes by himself like what the fuck about david sesma and andrea what the fuck about andrea no one ever knows i need so much more information like it feels like way too much of a coincidence for that to just be nothing that we yeah it feels like they brought up andrea way too much for that to be a big fat fucking nothing like they could have simply left that out truly they could have left that i don't think it did a lot for the story like andrea i'm sorry but this is not like like, why did they not not... investigate further this fbi agent that's literally the only reason she's part of this story though yeah and like i get it they needed to write her in somehow but like if they're not gonna fucking elaborate on the fact that the fbi agent is the ex-boyfriend of like like their ex-boyfriends-in-law basically is the best way i can like aaron and david sesma dated the same woman and we're just not going to touch on that at all that's fine Sick. Also, like, who was he working with? Where are they? Like, literally, what? Ha- why were they low key trying to get caught? Like, why? We never speak of the fucking blow up dolls either. Yeah. Like, did he just pretend to be three different people? Because <laughs> there's part of me that really thinks he did. There's part of me that doesn't believe that he was actually three associates. He was the three associates. Yeah. Like, I really do. There's part of me that thinks, like, I'm convinced he was a one man operation. He was a one man band. He was mm-hmm. playing all the instruments. He was doing all the things. Maybe. But. It's also like like maybe he had friends over or maybe like his buddies showed up at the house one day and like that's why he had to pretend like my associates are on the way. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't explain to his buddies that he was doing crimes. I find it hard to believe that that was his first time like kidnapping someone and bringing them to that cabin. Like there has to be more crimes that this man has committed that like are not spoken about. You would think. Like where are they? Well, I mean, there's not evidence but there is like that suspicion of him doing many more crimes so i know but we never we never hear of anyone else who he like actually kidnapped and like brought to a second location besides denise and i just find it hard to believe that she's the only one i feel yeah i don't know because they really do just like they show in the third episode they show you the progression of his crimes like he goes from attempting to getting closer to attempting to then finally doing but like there's yeah there's nobody in between that he it, to me, it feels like he goes from like 40 to 100. He's like mm-hmm. almost going to commit a crime and then he doesn't and then he leaves and then he goes balls to the wall and commits the whole crime. Yeah. And then is like, never mind, return to sender. I don't want this one. Like, can I get a refund? Yeah. It's weird. If he got away with this one, he would have done it again and it would have gotten worse. So like, thank fuck they got him now. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he was escalating, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't make sense. Like the stock market going up and up and up. And then <laughs> fucking anyway. Oh, anyway, we made it. 
We're thanks, here. Thanks for joining. Um, what a wild ride. I just realized I can't hear him out of my headphones at all. <laughs> so this whole time I've been talking to you and I have no idea what I sound like. So if it's shit, then I hope it's... You sound uh, great. <laughs> um, good, good. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know what we should call our true crime podcast if we make one. Let us know what other documentaries you want us to cover slash cases you want us to cover. Slide into my DMs at Lindsay M. Hansen or katie's dms by the way katie <laughs> fully uh, lied to you guys uh-uh, uh-uh. No, in episode I, one <laughs> she told you her instagram handle and then promptly changed it entirely so <laughs> i did joke that i might have a new instagram handle so to be honest it was like a little teaser of my own fucking instagram but you can still find me on instagram if you search katie means my name will still <laughs> pop up it's just my handle is different you can find me at a postcard from katie <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes to make it easy for you guys to go harass Katie. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> come harass me. Um, my something funny is that I love to be not harassed on the internet, but I love to have conversations with friends. So if you liked our podcast, if you liked our three pilot episodes, tell us. Tell me. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's let's maybe make this a thing. We're like genuinely deciding if we want to turn this into a whole full-blown podcast. So yeah, if there are none of you out there that are interested in this, save me the time and energy of yeah. driving to Lindsay's house and <laughs> podcasting and I'll just come over and watch True Crimes with her and not <laughs> fucking podcast about them. Okay, guys? But if you did enjoy and you want more, please let us know so that we can make some more episodes for you. All right. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.